Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and I want to talk to you today about a really interesting research paper that I came across that has to deal with collagen supplementation and the brain. And this is something I had never seen before. So I hope you guys will find it interesting. But before I get into that, if you can, please be sure to leave me a rating and review so that way I know what you're thinking about all these podcasts. And if you don't want to do that, just feel free to shoot me an email anytime. It's caseythomasrd at gmail.com. And I read everything that you guys send me and write. And sometimes that is despite my better judgment. If you can also please do subscribe it really does help me out a whole lot and it lets you be the first to know when i have new stuff coming on out and i do have a lot more in the pipeline now with that out of the way let's dive right in shall we so as i said this was really interesting this research paper because it deals with collagen supplementation and the brain and there's already a ton of data on collagen and its use for connective tissue repair and i frequently recommend it to people who are doing some kind of physical therapy work or rehab work or injury repair. And it works great. Okay. It works amazing. And part of the reason is simply just that most people aren't eating enough collagen in their natural day-to-day diet. And so just to briefly kind of talk about what collagen is, collagen is a type of protein and it's not a complete protein. You can't just substitute it for, you know, regular protein. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You can't just have a bunch of collagen in lieu of maybe, you know, a chicken breast or a scoop of whey protein or whatever it is that you're using as your protein source. It doesn't have all of the essential amino acids. So it's not a complete protein as we would call it, but it does have a very unique mixture of amino acids. And the amino acids are simply the building blocks of protein. But specifically, collagen has this unique mix, which is conducive for supporting connective tissue. Things like your tendons, your ligaments, your cartilage, all that good stuff. To eat collagen, you need to eat foods that are high in collagen. And in nature, the things that are high in collagen, as you could maybe guess, are the connective tissues in animals. So things like tendons, ligaments, cartilage, and even bones. And most people in America don't eat the whole animal. They like eating only the muscle tissue. And this is unfortunate because a lot of other cultures don't have this problem. They're eating things like chicken feet, which taste amazing, by the way, Uh, pig's ears, a lot of bone broths, those kind of things. And because so many people are not eating enough collagen, supplementing is normally the easiest way to get it. Now, if you're trying to use the collagen to enhance some kind of injury repair and you're doing some kind of PT or rehab work, timing is very important. And so anyway, that's not what I'm going to talk to you about today. What I want to talk to you about is this research study, which was looking at collagen supplementation on the brain, which again is super fascinating to me because this is the first time I've ever come across any kind of data like this. And so, you know, quick, quick little note, this is a pilot study, which just means they're kind of trying to feel it out and see if a larger trial is warranted. Okay. So the data that comes from a pilot study is inherently, you know, um, 
you have to take it with a grain of salt, okay? You can't put too much weight on it. There's going to be some gaps in this study, and I'll, and I'll talk about those in a little bit. But that's just to set the stage. So anyway, the author of this paper was Koizumi, K-O-I-Z-U-M-I, and this paper was published in 2020. So pretty new, and I don't feel too bad <laughs> that, I, that I hadn't seen this before, okay? So they open up their research paper with some background information. They suggest that the state of the brain, or how healthy it is, can be seen by looking at the architecture of the gray matter and the white matter. So the gray matter is the outside of the brain, the white matter is the inside of the brain. And what they say is that the more neural connections in the gray matter, then the more plastic the brain is. And by plastic, I just mean how flexible it is. And if your brain is very flexible, then it means that it can more readily learn. And if your brain can more readily learn, then we would regard that as a more healthy brain. So in short, what you can say is that the more volume there is of the gray matter, the healthier the brain is. Follow me so far? <laughs> we also have data showing that collagen supplementation can help out with skin and joints. The joint part makes a lot of sense, right? But skin is also another type of tissue that can be enhanced with collagen supplementation. And so that's all human data. But if we take a look at some of the rodent data, what you'll see is that there is suggestive data that collagen can help the brain by improving angiogenesis. And this is simply the creation of new blood vessels. So if you can create new blood vessels in the brain, then you can get more oxygen, more nutrients, and more everything to the brain, which seems like it's a good, good move, right? We've talked in the past about improving brain blood flow. And if you can do that by just simply creating more blood vessels, that'd be pretty awesome. Collagen also seems to be anti-inflammatory. And then we also have some more direct evidence where they gave collagen to mice and that helped with their learning and memory. So this study, we have no human data. This was a pilot study and they wanted to see if specifically the two markers that they were looking at was one, does collagen supplementation change the architecture of the brain? So if they look at you know how much volume of gray matter there is, as well as several different markers of cognitive function. And that's what they were testing out to do. So talking a little bit about their methods, what they did was they used five grams of collagen daily for four weeks. They chose this dose because of previous data in skin and joints. And so I mentioned before that there's a lot of data that it helps out with connective tissue. And the dose they use there is five grams. So they said, well, let's start there. Let's start with this five gram dose and just see what happens. This is a little bit of a, I don't want to say issue for me, but this is something that gave me a little bit of pause. And the reason is because for a lot of compounds, you tend to need higher doses for the brain. So we've talked about creatine in the past, right? And the reason is because not a lot of stuff crosses the blood-brain barrier. The blood-brain barrier is this giant filter that protects the brain, and it limits how much stuff gets inside. And stuff does get inside, it just usually gets in at a much lower amount. So in order to see an effect of different supplement compounds in food, for example, you need 
higher amounts of these nutrients or these supplements or these pharmaceutical compounds than you would if you were trying to influence some other part of the body. And so because of this, because they're using the same dose that is used for the joints and the skin, which is readily accessible, I suspect, and when I was first reading this, I suspected that there might be a null result simply because of that alone. One other interesting thing about this study was that there was no placebo group, okay? And this is kind of a ding on them, right? You should always have a placebo group. You have to compare to something. They said that the reason they didn't do this is because they didn't think a placebo would affect an MRI scan. But, you know, it is a pilot study, so you got to give them some latitude. But it, I would have had a placebo group. <laughs> All right, so here's the population. They got 30 individuals. It was mostly males, which I kind of don't like also. It was 26 males and 40 or 26 males and 4 females. So for a total of 30 individuals, but hugely favoring males. So whatever data we get from this is probably not going to apply to females. And the average age was 56 years old which is pretty old. So I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're a little bit younger and this population might not apply to you. But what I do want to call out is they specifically targeted otherwise healthy individuals. So no signs of cognitive decline, no clinical impairments, none of this stuff. So they were healthy people, which I think is kind of close to us, right? Because we're healthy. We may not be quite as old, but we also don't have any of these clinical conditions, which I think definitely do not apply to us at all. If you're looking at a population of people with Alzheimer's disease, you can't translate that data over to us. But with this, I think that we can at least pull some suggestive information. Some other inclusion criteria, they had to make sure that they weren't already supplementing with collagen, so they didn't accept anyone who had taken collagen in the previous month. So as far as the actual study setup goes, they took an MRI at week zero, so before they took any collagen, and again at week four, after they had been supplementing for four weeks. They did two different kinds of tasks. One of them was this word list memory task. Okay, so they give them, they repeat this list of words. It's 10 words long. And what they do is they have the participant repeat as many of those words back to them as they can. They do this three times, and then they do an interference task. So this interference task had to do with like animals and, and these kind of lists, and you had to pull out the, the animal that didn't match and all this kind of stuff, and they did that task three times. And then, unbeknownst to them, they were then asked to repeat that 10-word list that they were doing the first time, okay? So... They had a word list, they had to memorize it, then they did some interference task, and then they had to still remember this 10-word list, and they wanted to measure how many of those words they actually remembered. So this was the word list memory task. Now, the words were different between week zero and week four, so there was no learning effect visible. They used 10 totally new words. And the other cognitive task that they did was this paired associate learning task. And what they did was they had two lists. One list, they had 10 words that were paired with something that was semantically related. So it could be like dog and cat, okay? That would be a word pair. Or pen and pencil, that might be a word pair. Or car and truck, that might be a word pair. So very related, right? 
And then they had another list of words where the word pairs were unrelated. Okay. So it might be like microphone and the word of. All right. So they have no relationship to each other. These were the two different tasks. And what the examiner would do is say the first word in the pair and the participant would have to repeat what the pair word was. So if the examiner said dog, you would have to say cat. The examiner said microphone, you'd have to say of. All right. And then they wanted to see how many of those word pairs they could get correct. They also did a quality of life questionnaire, which I was suspicious would actually show anything. I think because these people are healthy, you're less likely to see any kind of improvement here. And if you have someone who has a severe clinical condition, then you're far more likely to see an improvement just because they're starting out in a bad spot already. So easy to do. You might get some useful data, but I wasn't sure it was going to pull anything meaningful when I first read this. Okay. So now as far as predictions go, if collagen doesn't help the brain, then you would expect that the architecture of the brain wouldn't change and there would be no improvements on either of these cognitive tasks. Now there might be some other reasons going on here, right? Maybe the dose they used is ineffective. I mentioned that. Or maybe collagen supplementation does help the brain, but it doesn't help in those specific metrics. So the only two cognitive tasks they're doing seem to be verbally related. What if they did a math task? Or what if they measured something like reaction speed, right? There are so many other metrics that they could choose to look at, but for some reason they only wanted to do these verbal tests. Or you might think maybe the animal data does transfer over to humans. In that case, you would expect there to be a change in the architecture of the brain, and you would expect there to be an improvement in these verbal cognitive tasks. So what actually happened? First, which was unfortunate, but I kind of guessed this would happen, there was no change in gray matter volume. That would have been really, really cool if it did improve your gray matter volume because then I would just be like pounding back a tub of collagen every single day. <laughs> but unfortunately, there was no change in gray matter volume. And these were older individuals, so if they didn't see an improvement in gray matter volume, I would bet that you would definitely not see any changes in gray matter volume. Now, the really fascinating finding was that there was an increase in what they call fractional anisotropy, okay? And fractional anisotropy is a big fancy word, but basically what this is is it's a measure of the transmission efficiency of the network in the brain linking different brain domains. So they showed that the transmission efficiency was improved, essentially, <laughs> There was also significant improvements in both of the cognitive tasks, which at the end of the day, I think really that's what me and you care about, right? Is the real results. It's cool if your gray matter increases, but if you get none of the benefits associated with it, then who cares? It's cool if the transmission efficiency improves, but if you don't get any cognitive improvements, then who cares, right? So we did see this improvement in transmission efficiency, and we did see improvements in the word, the word tasks, both of them. There were no changes in the quality of life, and 
they did find an interesting correlation, though. Two of them, in fact. The first one was that the the paired test was moderately associated with the transmission efficiency metric. So as one improved, so did the other. And similarly, there was a moderate correlation between the gray matter volume, which I said wasn't statistically significant, but there was an association here between that as well as the, the word memory task. So what that, what that kind of means is that on average, people didn't see any improvements in gray matter volume, but that's on average, right? And when you look at the individual data, which they did not publish, and I really wish they did, what they're saying is that some people did see big improvements in their gray matter volume, enough that there was a correlation between this word memory task and the gray matter volume. So what that implies is that some people did see big improvements in their gray matter volume, and that the more improvements you had in gray matter volume, the better you did in the word memory task. Again, it's hard to draw conclusions from that just because the gray matter volume wasn't statistically significant and they did not publish the individual data. And so I can't really take a look at that any deeper. All right, so basically this study showed that four weeks of collagen supplementation with five grams per day it did change the brain architecture. It did improve the transmission efficiency and it also improved cognitive function, right? So that, that's pretty cool in my opinion. They don't know the exact mechanism, okay? They really don't. Uh, despite what, what you know you might think that the transmission efficiency is the, the linker there, it does seem to be a link, but it, there could be other things that are going on that we don't know about. And when you look at the rodent data, you see that previous research has shown collagen supplementation boosts what they call BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factor in the hippocampus. And so two things. One, the hippocampus is where learning and memory occurs. And two, BDNF is awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. BDNF is awesome. It helps the brain in so many different ways. It's, it's literally this it's this good thing for the brain. And, and that's essentially what, what trophic factor means. So we have this data in rodents showing that you're getting more of this good stuff inside the area where learning and memory occurs. So that could be one possible mechanism. So to summarize for me, this was a super fascinating pilot study. Um, and as I said, you can never know too definitively with pilot studies. You know, the sample was small, they had no placebo group, the age range was older, and the dose used, in my opinion, was probably inadequate to see real results. Uh, they also didn't even test any other kind of metrics outside of verbal. But I think that the results they did show were very promising. They showed clear and significant improvements, not only in the brain architecture, but also in actual verbal performance, both of which I think are really cool and I'm excited to see what else it can show improvements in. Now, collagen is healthy and it has essentially no side effects. So I, I personally think it's worth experimenting with, especially if you already need help with, you know, rehabbing connective tissue injuries or if you care about your skin. So we have a lot of data showing that collagen helps out over there. So, you know, now we might have some cool new data that shows it might help out with your brain as well. 
So me personally, after hearing about this, I'm going to go supplement with it myself for four weeks and I'm going to try to test out some other metrics to see if I can see any improvements myself. And I think that's the fun part about nutrition research is there's a very low barrier to entry. You can literally hear a research study like this and just go try it out yourself, which is magical to me. And so I'm going to go have fun with this one. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you there for the day. Thanks so much for listening. If you can, please let me know what you thought. Leave me a rating and review or just shoot me an email. It's caseythomasrd at gmail.com. And if you can also do subscribe, I would really appreciate it. It helps me out a whole lot and it lets you know when the next episodes are coming on out. So I'll shut up now. Thank you again so much. I, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. I know you're really busy and I, I love that you're <laughs> listening in here and to me rant about stuff that I think is just fun and helpful to a lot of people. So that's it. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.